So we do love to receive. How many of you had just a wild in your mind when you imagined the best gift you could have? How many of you imagined just a wild thing that you would never be able to have in this life? All right. A, a wild kind of thing like a car or a house or, or something like that. How many of you re- imagined like a relationship thing to have a relationship thing fixed? Okay. Four of you imagined total. All right. All right, four of you imagined total. Um, I don't know what the rest of you imagined, but um, how many of you imagined a Snickers small candy bar? All right, Trip did, all right? Maybe he didn't imagine that, but he'll settle for it, okay? Who else will settle for uh, the gift? All right, here we go. All right, <laughs> he got his wish. All right, so a lot of times when we imagine something huge, we, we can think of huge possibilities of what we could receive that we kind of, in our, in our mind, we know they're never coming. But it's fun to imagine them. But then, we settle for a Snickers bar. So often in life, we imagine big things. In, in fact, some of us spend so much time imagining what could be, we, just, we never even get to the reality of the day sometimes about the goodness that's in our life now. Have you ever been in that place where you're imagining so much forward and, and then you miss all the good things going on right in front of you? So anyways, we're talking about imagining today because the reality is, is that God has better things for us than we could ever imagine. We're going to get right to work. In Ephesians 2, God tells us that he is the one who has power to give us those things. In Ephesians 2, it says this. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Sorry, Ephesians 3. Paul's praying for the church, and he says, God is this amazing, mighty God that wants us to have intimacy with him, that he would be more and more and more at home in our hearts and in our lives. And he says that he's put his spirit in us and that he is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And so this morning, and as we go forward, we're just saying, imagine what it would look like if all of us, all of us were willing to receive what God has for us. Imagine what he could do with us. Imagine what our lives would be like. Let me just share with you a couple of things that, that God's word says um, for you and for, for me. In 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says this. It says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. Just in your wildest dreams, in my wildest goals and visions and, and thoughts, we can't even, we can't even grasp the edges of what he has for us. And yet so often, you and I, we settle for our snickers. Let me tell you a couple things that God's word says that he wants to give us. All right? I'll say the verses, but you're never going to be able to keep up, so just listen. In Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, God says that he wants to give us the gift of salvation. The gift of salvation. That he wants us to receive salvation to have forgiveness of our sins and to have a new life. In Matthew 11, it says he wants to give us rest 
from our heavy burdens. He says the yoke of life is big and difficult and painful. And, and young people want you to know that it only gets heavier, doesn't it, adults? It only gets heavier. And you can't imagine that it gets heavier than calculus, but it does. It just does. And the stuff of life, it just gets heavier and heavier. And Jesus says, come to me with your heavy burdens. I want to give you rest. Acts 1.8. Jesus said that he was going to leave us with his Holy Spirit and give us power for all who believe in him, for all who receive. He says, I want to give you my Holy Spirit. I want, I want to give you power to live this life. Philippians 4, he says, come to me with your anxiousness and I want to give you peace that passes all understanding. How many of you have felt anxious before? Every one of you. And he says, I want you to bring it to me and trust me with it. And I want to give you peace that passes all understanding. Who wants peace? Everybody wants peace. All of us want it. We want to sleep well straight through the night. We want to wake up with confidence that God loves us. And no matter what's going on around us, that, that he's going to take care of us, that he's going to hold us. In James 1.5, God just says, anybody who wants wisdom, ask me and I'll give it to you. He wants us to receive wisdom from him. Wisdom isn't just knowing the right thing. Wisdom is actually is knowing and trusting God enough to walk in it and to walk it out in life and how to apply it into life. Not just knowing the right stuff, but knowing how to apply it and live it. And he says, you're people, so you don't have that. You need to ask for it. And he says, ask for wisdom. I want to give you that. In John 14, he says he wants to give us his, uh, his Holy Spirit, the counselor that would comfort us and lead us. In 2 Peter 1.3, he says every, he wants to give us everything we need. And he says he already has given the believer everything they need for life and godliness. Everything you need for life and godliness. And in John 10.10, when Jesus was here, he said, The thief kills, uh, comes to steal and destroy. That Satan comes and his desire for people is that he would steal and destroy. And he says, but me, I'm God. I come to give life and life to the full. And we could read that list for another hour straight, say amen, close the door, and, and celebrate. Because the thing is, is the list goes on and on and on of the things that God says that he has for you. And he says, we can't even imagine the amazing things that he wants for us. But you and I so often, we hold tight to those snicker bars and we wonder, is there really anything more? Is, is there really anything better or should I hang on to this because this might be as good as it gets? And we do that with our stuff. We do that in relationships. Anyways, we're going to find out. So imagine, imagine all of those things what God could do if all of us walked in wisdom. Can you imagine what God could do with us if we all walked in wisdom? Decisions would be simple. We'd be unified. Can you imagine if we all had peace and no worry? Can, we, can you imagine if, if you came in and, and, and we're all believers, we're the body of Christ, and, and all of us were living life to the full? We just, our cups were filled up and, 
and we were content with what we had, and God was just giving us a heart to love each other and be generous with each other. Can you imagine what it would be like? Can you imagine if when I had a need that I didn't have any any pride in me because I just had peace. And, and so I didn't have any pride and, and I was able to tell you, this is what I need. And that we could help each other. You know, it's interesting as a pastor, you, you bump into people and you find out that there are things that they have needed for weeks that we would have loved to have been praying for them about. And, and, and we just, we have a little bit of a, a privacy thing and we think, I can shoulder this on my own. And God doesn't want you to live in pride. God doesn't want you to have to live in secrecy from brothers and sisters when you need help. Can you imagine if none of us had those pretenses and we were able to actually walk with each other and help each other? Can you imagine if, if none of us walked in selfishness, but we actually lived in the freedom and the joy and the love that God wants for us? Because the truth is, when you're a slave to something, Man, there's not much freedom there. And when you and I are a slave to our stuff, can you imagine if we weren't? Could you imagine if literally everything that was mine was yours? And when you needed help, it was yours. And can you imagine if everything that was yours was was somebody else's? And we just had that attitude and actually walked in it? Because God says, I have so many good things for you. You can't even imagine. So we're going to get into that. We're going to see a couple pictures of it today. You know, for you and I, like I've said, there's so many things that we can imagine. And we know all of these things that God has said that he wants for us. He wants these good things for us. Peace and joy, walking with the Holy Spirit, wisdom. He wants these for us. But if you're like me, I I know there's times when I'm not feeling it. I don't feel like I've received those things. Like I know about them in my head, but but there are times I don't walk in them and I, and I don't feel like I have them. Like I don't have peace. Like I don't have confidence and faith. Like I don't have freedom. So I want to read a story to you. And Jesus was having a conversation just like this one with his disciples. And uh, I tried to get it so that my, uh, my kids could play into this. Um, but when you want your kids to do something, it never works. You know what I mean? And, then, and uh, this isn't their job anyways. This is my job. So I was trying to make them do my job for me. Jesus is having a conversation like this and uh, with his disciples. That probably is expensive. I just dropped that. Um, and it says that he's, he's talking with his disciples and a group of kids come up. And the people in the front row, just like you can imagine here, if a group of kids came running up from the back, uh, those of you who are in the front, what would you do? You'd probably try to say, whoa, reach out and grab a kid as they went by, right? Oh, man, leave them alone. Because in this setting, is it, is it, uh, is it our normal style to have uh, kids run up and just jump right up on stage? Doesn't happen very often, does it? And Jesus says this to him. He says, let the little children come to me and don't hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. 
I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms and he put his hands on them and he blessed them. You know, Jesus, I'm sure, was amazing with kids. Um, I don't know that he was like as amazing as Soggy is. You know, that his, you, you, know, you know Dave Elsog, Soggy? You know, he comes into a room and, I mean, he's just amazing. Like my kids are on the hunt all the time for Soggy because he's just so much fun. And he loves them, and he gives them their attention. Do you know what I'm talking about? If you don't have kids, you might not know Dave Elsog in that way. Uh, but you know that he's fun up here, right? And, and he just, he's just magic with the kids. And, and I know that Jesus was no doubt a, a wonderful, warm welcomer of children. And maybe he was exactly like Dave is. But here's the thing, is that it's not that Jesus just liked having kids on his lap. You see, these kids ran forward, came up in the service, And Jesus, like he did so many times, just took the opportunity to teach something. So the kids come up and he said, no, 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 let them come. And they come up and they sit on his lap. And and he says, you got to be like this kid. If you're not like this kid in the way you receive, you can't have any part of my kingdom. And so my response to that is, what does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean, Jesus? Because I know my kids. I don't know your kids as well, but last week was Halloween, right? And like my kids looked forward to it because it's not only fun. It's not only the fun of dressing up and going out, but what are they excited about? Passionately excited about pillaging every household in the whole community, taking what's not theirs and receiving, right? Absolutely. And the places that give out something better, they want to loop around without shame. And you know your kids want to too. And if they're smart, smart, somehow they shake me and they do it, right? They're passionate about wanting to receive. They don't care about whether or not I'm talking up here. If it gets in their mind that they want to come up and say hi, what are they going to do? They're going to make every effort they can to get out of your grasp and come up here and say hi, right? They want to receive. Kids want to receive. My son, Crusoe, he already said, just this last week, he's like, how many months until April? And so in his mind, he was having a moment. How many moments and how many days are going by until I'm the star of the show and I'm receiving everything? Because his birthday's in April, right? Kids orient their lives around where can I receive, all right? Well, we've only been here for a couple of months. And my boys, when they get a chance to come into this building, they know where every free donut is in this whole place, Right? <laughs> Kids just know how to receive. They do. They're thrilled about every birthday. It's like waiting and longing, and you can't wait until Christmas. And as a child, what's it about? It's about receiving. All right, you try to help them like to give a little bit, but they don't like to give. They love to receive, right? Because all of us, as kids, we love to receive. And Jesus says, 
with a kid on his lap and probably a couple around him, he says, unless you're like this child, you can have no part of my kingdom. And he walks away. And he gets up and he walks away. And on the way, somebody comes up to him and uh, he says, whoa, whoa, don't go just yet, don't go just yet, teacher. And here's where it continues. Good teacher, he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, don't murder, don't commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all of these that I have kept since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him and he said, loving him. Jesus looked at him and he loved him. And he loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor. Then you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. And Jesus said again, children, how hard it it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed And they said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and he said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Let me pray for us as we get started. Lord God, we need you to speak to us. God, we're going to hear your word and we're going to hear about what you said, Jesus, while you were here. And Lord, we're, just, we're asking that you would teach us today uh, because you said that all of us need to receive like a child. And most of us here aren't children anymore. And we need to receive from you like a child the truth of your word today uh, so that we can really receive you. So God, that's something that you've got to do in each one of us. We can't do it for each other. Only you can open the eyes of our heart and make it clear. So that's what I'm asking you to do. In your strong name we pray, amen. So Jesus starts to walk away from this encounter with the children and and this young man comes up to him, this young rich man. How can I have eternal life? How can I live forever? How can I come into your kingdom? How can I come into heaven? Because this man knew, we find out later he's a rich man, this man knew that he had everything. He had a lot. He had a lot of comfort. He had plenty of money. Probably had plenty of pleasure. Probably ate good food and drank good wine and had good clothes and drove in a nice car. And, and he knew that it didn't quite fill him up. And he suspected that there was something after this life, and he wanted to know, how can I shore up that deal as well? 
And so he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, you're talking about the kingdom of God. How can I get in? How can I be on the end there as well? Do you know what I'm talking about? He has all these goals in life, and evidently he's accomplished a lot of them. And he says, now, how can I take care of what's to come? And Jesus says, you got to keep all the law. And he lists off the Ten Commandments, or most of them. And, and this guy just says, hey, well, then I'm good. I'm in. I've kept all those things since I was a boy. And this probably was a good man. He was obviously good in business or he was good at inheritance or, or something. He was, he was good in some sense. And, and he says, I'm good. Now, he missed hanging out with Jesus earlier because we know that Jesus says, you've heard it said, don't murder, but I tell you, don't hate. You've heard it said, don't commit adultery, but I've told you, don't even lust after somebody as they walk by and grab your attention. You've heard it said, don't steal, but I tell you, don't even covet. Don't even long for what's not yours. So he missed those earlier things with Jesus, but Jesus doesn't correct him. Do you notice that? I love that. Jesus doesn't correct him. He doesn't argue with him about the fact that he hasn't kept the law. In this kid's mind, he's good. He has kept the law. And so Jesus loves him. Don't you love that in our, in our stupidity that God loves us? It's like, I better hear an amen. I mean, he, here's what he, he loves him. The guy is an absolute fool. He's standing in front of the God of the universe. And he says, I'm perfect. I've kept the law. He's standing in front of God face to face. And he's like, I'm good. And God loves him. Jesus loves him. And he says to him, well, one, one thing you lack. Sell everything and give it to the poor. And he just takes him to the next level. And this man walks away. I can't have any of that. And he, he can't trust that God wants to give him something good. He's sure that the snicker bar in his hands is better than what God wants to give him. See, so here's the point. Being a Christian is all about receiving like a child. You and I have lived so much of our life like this young man. We've lived so much of our life creating ways to remind ourselves that we're doing better and better all the time. We're getting better and better. We're doing good. Some of you even started coming to church here in that way of thinking. Well, if I do and I give and I start and I quit, then then I'm going to get better and better. And some of us arrive at a place where this guy is at and we think, Jesus, I'm good. I don't need that. And Jesus says instead that what it is to be a part of his kingdom is to receive from him. Do your children have the ability to, to put on a Christmas morning? Your small children? 
to, to prepare it and buy it and wrap it and celebrate it and organize it and make the casseroles and the turkey or the ham? Or, do they have the ability to do that? No. And they love it even more than you. And they don't have anything to do with it. Nothing. And they show up and they receive. And that's what Christianity is. That's what following Jesus is. That's what believing in Jesus. We bring absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. To the table. We're totally receivers. We're like, we're like your kids on Christmas morning that, that bring something to give. And, and they're wonderful, beautiful treasures, but in comparison with everything else, they aren't the same. He says, unless you receive like a child, you have no part in the kingdom. Why are, what are some reasons why we don't receive as adults? I've tried to think through this a little bit and to figure out actually what's behind me not wanting to receive. I think the first thing is that we as people think we don't need it. I don't need that. I'm okay without it. Some of you guys know that this week my schedule cleared up a little bit and we actually haven't brought, um, we haven't brought our stuff, for, we hadn't brought our stuff from the Midwest out here yet. And so uh, we've been living in one pair of jeans and that whole gig for the last couple months. And finally my schedule cleared up and so I flew to Ohio and I drove back. And uh, my mom is actually here this morning. This is my mother down here, Claudia Chapman. And uh, so if you get a chance, please, uh, please hug my mom. And uh, so I actually went out this week. And see, here's the thing, is that God has so much for you that he's already given. If you're a believer, he has so much for you that you already have, that, that, that he says that we already possess. But it's like we don't, it's like we leave the gifts under the tree. We leave them wrapped. So we have a second car. And we have other sets of clothes, and we actually have jackets and stuff, and the kids have toys and all of that stuff. And it's been in a box 2,000 miles away for the last three months. And the joy of unwrapping what I already have, <laughs> like I'm wearing a different pair of pants, you know, for the first time in three months. It's awesome, you know. I didn't even buy them, but and I was too stubborn not to buy another pair. And, you know, it just... The joy of receiving what's already yours, it's amazing. Like not riding the bus and the tracks and actually driving your other car. Like it's, it's a party all the time. And, and some of us think, no, we don't need that. Some of us fail to receive because we think, I'm okay. I'm good. And, and that's where our guy here is. Jesus says, here's what you need. And, and he says, I'm good. He came thinking he wanted, thinking he needed. But instead, when he really had his heart exposed, I'm good. 
I don't need that. I think perception and pride, um, I think it hurts us. And, you know, as a child, you don't have any, there's no filter as a child. And that's not being ashamed about Halloween, like I said. There's no shame in tearing into presents and wanting to be. But as adults, we've learned that even when we want something, even when we know we need something, we don't want to look desperate. Even when we know we need help, we don't want to look weak. And pride creeps its way into us. We know we're not right, but I'm not going to tell somebody that. I had this really fun opportunity. Chris and I had this really fun opportunity uh, a couple weeks after we got here. Um, somebody, uh, somebody in the church here has a, a pretty cool sports car. Bill Townsend has a pretty cool car. And, uh, and so a group of people were going to babysit our kids and send us out on a date in a Ferrari, you know? And I've never driven a Ferrari before, but there's like not one person in my mind that I know that wouldn't like to drive a Ferrari. But they offered it to me, and I'm like, oh, no. No. And inside my heart is like I'm just about to pass out, right? And so, no, no. And, oh, man, that car is awesome, you know? But here's the thing. Like, I'm such a liar. Really? Because, I mean, there's no way I'm going to buy a Ferrari and have a Ferrari. And the only way for me to receive something like that is to be given this amazing gift of a fun night out. But here's me trying to look cool, trying to look unaffected. Try, I don't know what, but just full of lies saying, I, no, no, ask me more. You know, no, no, push harder. And it, it's ugly. Really, I, I just felt so silly about that part. As I, as I went back and as I thought about, we have need, and yet we don't want to look like it. And you and I quickly, we go from, we go from just the wonder of being forgiven for our sin to talking more and more about what we do right and how we believe right and how we're not over here where we used to be. Isn't it silly? Because, man, when we come, we're, we're just broken. And we're, I can't believe that God has forgiveness for me. I'm a wretch. I'm a train wreck. God, you love me? And that's how, you, that's how everyone gets in. And pretty soon it's like, no, I, I don't need that. And so some of us, we just think we don't need it. And some of us, we think what I have is better. We're convinced, like that rich man was, that, that what I have is better than what could be out there. And so I'm going to hang on. I, I've seen glimpses of Jesus, what you're offering. I've seen glimpses of, of what, I, what I'm pretty sure is legalism and, and not fun. And, and, and I don't want that. And so it becomes pretty interesting for you and I, if you're a believer here, if you're a Christian, it becomes pretty interesting, too, to think about the fact that that a lot of times what people think about receiving from God is what they perceive from you and me. You know what I mean? Um, what they think about what God offers is what they see in your life and in my life. And they say, no, what I've got is better. The pleasure I have is better. The financial security I have is better. The, the system of life that I get through each day on and find my identity in, 
that's better than stirring the whole pot, even if there is more. I know what's going on right now. I enjoy moments of the day every day. I have enough to numb myself from thinking that there might be danger in the future. And I think what I have is better. You see, if I offer a Snicker bar right now to you, only two out of a couple hundred of you or 150 of you, only two of you are like, yeah, I want that. But if I offer a bag of Lent truffles, all right, and say, who wants a bag of Lent truffles? Absolutely. You see, everybody knows that's good chocolate, right? Because you're convinced that that's better than what you had. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and so for you and I, we got to figure out what is it that makes us not want to receive? Because for me, there's pride and there's arrogance in not wanting to receive, in not running like children do and jump in the lap of Christ. There's just arrogance there. And, th- and then there's some love for what I know that I know God doesn't want for me. Like, like maybe it's selfishness. And, and I'm just, and I'm, I know I'm a little bit selfish and I know that I have more than I need, but, but I don't believe that not being selfish is better than than what I know. Or maybe it's forgiveness or, or unforgiveness. And you know that God's word says to us as Christians that forgiving actually sets you free. Forgiving someone for the evil, for the wrong they did against you, and actually giving it to God, it sets you free, that there's good for you on the other side of that. But maybe you think, this bitterness is all I know. And i got to have this to live. This bitterness has got to be better than forgiving them. I think what I have is better. Or maybe the third thing, and really this probably gets to the heart of it, is that we don't believe that the giver is good. And we don't believe that his gifts are good. See, in Ephesians, it says that, that we receive by faith. That we unwrap the present by believing. That we receive from God through this, this believing. And the word even goes on to say that that's a gift from the Lord, too, that you don't even believe on your own. But, but it's the act of believing and trusting that he's good. That the Snickers bar isn't better than the Lent, and that that there's actually no strings attached. Believing that he really wants good things for you and I. So the band's going to come up, and, and as we close out, I just I want to ask you that there's some of you here who have never received the gift of forgiveness from God, the gift of salvation. The Bible says that that he died on the cross. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins and my sins that we could be forgiven. That no one like this rich man, even if you're good and perfect, that no one can be good enough. And that it's only in receiving 
forgiveness of our sins, that we can be saved, that we can be made right with God. So for some of you, you've never done that. And, and I would encourage you to receive that gift today. To say, God, I want what you have for me. I don't know what all you have for me, but I know that you say you love me and that you want to forgive me. And I need forgiveness. And if you're already a believer, because you and I are in process, there's a whole host of things that we aren't receiving. And my question to you is, where, what aren't you receiving from God that you know that he's asking you to receive? The present that you know is still under the tree. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to pray. And, and I'm going to pray for those of you first who aren't believers. And if, if you're not, if you've never received from God, if you've never said, God, I want your forgiveness, I pray that this would be the morning that you would say, God, I want your forgiveness. I'm going to believe in you, that your son Jesus died for me in my place. And I would encourage the rest of you as we pray to say, God, what do you want to give me that I'm not willing to receive? Would you convict me? Would you give me the courage to trust you, to believe in you? Lord Jesus, we come before you as a people who need to receive from you. God, I just want to confess my pride being a liar. God, there's times when I have desperate needs and I just don't want to share them. I don't want to look weak. God, for a lot of us, we have we have fused receiving with looking weak, with being in need. And you say that's exactly where we are. And that we are weak and we are broken and we need a Savior. And that's why you loved us and that's why you came and you died for us. So God, for the man and woman, for the child, for the young person that is here, that has never received from you, I pray that you would lead them and give them the courage to receive from you this morning. And if that's you, I would encourage you to pray with me something like this. Lord God, I want to receive forgiveness from you. I want to believe in Jesus, your son, who lived and died and rose from the dead for me and for my sin. Thank you that you love me. And I believe in you. I trust in you with my life and my eternity. And for those of you who are here and who are already believers but who aren't receiving from God, I want to encourage you to say, God, I ask your forgiveness for not receiving, for not believing, for looking, for trying to look better than I am, to pretend like everything's okay, to hang on to what I have and not trust you with it. Would you forgive me? God, I want to receive what you have for me. I want to receive what you have for my family. God, if it's 
if it's forgiveness you want to give me to give to someone else, I want to receive it. If it's love that you want to give me to love someone who hurt me, I want, I want you to give it to me. If it's humility that I need, God, give it to me. I want to receive what is good and from you. God, that I might, I might walk in the joy and the freedom that you designed me for. That I might walk in the power of your spirit. God, that my life wouldn't be just about me. That our lives wouldn't be just about us, God. But that our lives would be about you and your kingdom. And that you would do great, great things. Not because of me, but because of you. For your kingdom. In this place, in this time. In Jesus' name. If you prayed to receive today, I would love to meet you and talk with you and pray with you and, and explain to you a little bit about what's next and, and what it's like to walk with Jesus. And I would love to meet you if that's you today. Uh, and if I can pray with any of the rest of you as well, if there's anything you want to talk about or pray about, we're always up front. We've got a couple people who will pray and, and, and talk with you. We'd love to. We're going to end in worship because God is such an amazing, good Father who loves us and has good things for us, better things than you can imagine. No eye has seen, no ear has heard of the good things that God wants to give to you. Because God has given us so much, when we worship, we give back to Him in, in tithes and offerings. And while we're, while we're worshiping, we're going to do that. We're going to give. If you're our guest, um, you are our guest. If you're part of the family here and you worship here, give generously as God's given to you. As we worship, I just want to encourage you to say, God, what do you want me to receive? Give me the courage to receive from